rude again. Sorry, it's okay. just been throwing it back and forth. <laughs> no, you've been throwing it at me. You've been throwing it a little bit at when, me. when you. You know what? We are here to do a job. We need to do that job. <laughs> Welcome to the Unibrow Show. I'm Trevor Sharon. And I'm Gabe Jacobson. And uh, the Unibrow Show, is, if you're new to it, welcome. Uh, we take lowbrow ideas and give them highbrow delivery, uh, which means that we are, for this evening, morning, hour, lunch break, car ride, whatever you're doing, for this amount of time, we are the curators of bad ideas for your listening pleasure. The turd polishers to live inside your brain. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen a polished turd? No. No, I haven't. They kind of look like uh, bocce balls. Wait, 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 wait. This isn't just a euphemism. Oh, no. There are people that do it. Hold on. I'm sorry, listener. <laughs> I have to. Well, he's doing that. Um, yeah, take I want away, to, uh, for our listeners, I want to encourage you to follow us on Facebook. We don't have any Instagram. I mean, we probably will at some point, um, but we'd love to hear from you. Um, as always, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the face that Gabe just showed looking at this. Um, we want to hear from you because we want to hear Whoa. your bad ideas um, as well as the bad ideas that we have. Um, we have a pretty fun one for today that is actually probably pretty close to um, turd polishing. I'm sorry, listener. We have to take a quick segue away. If you have never actually looked up a picture of a polished turd. They're kind of pretty, please, huh? Yeah. Please pause the episode. Go to your favorite internet browser and just Google polished Look turd. Up. Just search on uh, on Explorer. Yeah, or Firefox, you know, whatever, whatever, AOL, maybe. <laughs> we see you, AOL users. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like a Palantir. Like, this mm -hmm. is something that Sauron would look into yeah. <laughs> to see what's going on in another part of Middle Earth. To find out what what's happening way off in the solar system on Uranus. So, okay. and we're back. <laughs> Moving on. Um, today, our our concept for a lowbrow idea that we need to polish like a turd and turn into something that's beautiful and make Sauron want to look into it. Hmm. Vegan butcher shop. Now, this yeah. isn't like we're gonna we're gonna like uh, have because there were you can't butcher anything if you're a vegan. Um, but it's not like I have a couple ideas in the bag for that, but oh, we'll, you do? we'll save oh, that for later. But the idea, as it was pitched to me by Gabe behind the scenes, was that it is a restaurant ish, ish, or or like a deli almost. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. for vegan food that has all of the trapping, styling, and design of a butcher shop. Exactly. And my response to him was, that's a really bad idea. Yeah, so we knew it was meant to be. It belonged here on the show. Yeah, so no, my thought was, imagine, Quint let's go back into kind of the romanticized Martin Scorsese-esque picture of New York, right? Okay, I'm there. You, uh, I'm almost always you have, there. Oh, amen. <laughs> you have like 
little neighborhood shops, you know, um, maybe there's a little corner store that the residents of that neighborhood would patronize. But then there's always two guys from the mafia just walked out. Exactly. Smoking a cigarette out front. But then there's always kind of a quintessential neighborhood barbershop and butcher shop, you know, where people go for meat. Maybe that run by the same guy with the same kind of mustache. It's the same shop. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> we'll get to that one, that maybe episode that's with the Jones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Saving these up. <laughs> but, you know, it, maybe they sell really good same sandwiches that everyone in the neighborhood raves about. Yeah. Maybe they, you know, it's kind of your quintessential brick and mortar butcher shop. Well, and back then it was probably the only one that was accessible. So exactly. You, Before yeah, the, it was the, the super, place grocery stores of modern day. Yeah. And so I feel like supermarkets. Mm, hmm, it's a good term for it. Has anyone coined it yet? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like with the advent of, um, you know, the, how you say supermarkets, <laughs> these smaller <laughs> one-off more specialty shops have become, something of yesteryear you know yeah, they're kind for of sure. they're a novelty it's almost a you have to choose to drive to one of those yeah. over the convenient place where you can just get everything yeah. mom and pop shops are just at risk always always in today's day and age always i can think of one meat market that i know of in the springs is it the mongolian one no what yeah there's a mongolian one off of barnes in Oronco. oh there's a one-off Platt. Um, there's like a little kind of Mexican supermarket and then like a butcher shop with like signs like fresh carne asada. And I'm like, Ooh. I've been meaning to stop there. Maybe the next episodes but, we will we'll do will just be in both of those delis. We'll just good. switch halfway through. Yes. Support Absolutely. mom and shop. Support local business. Mom and shop. Mom and shop. <laughs> <laughs> a new great business idea from Trevor Sheeran. <laughs> Sorry. I keep interrupting and sidetracking. This is taking forever. (laughs) Man. But yes, so the idea would be, since these are becoming kind of a novelty or something that maybe a certain demographic would seek out and want to shop at these type of places, but also we see another demographic where there may just be overlap here, vegans. Okay, I don't know if there's overlap between vegans and butcher shops. No, 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 no. I would say people who would seek out Supporting small businesses, a small neighborhood installation, and vegans. Are you are you supposing that vegans are more likely to support local business than non-vegans? I don't have any hard data on that, but yeah, probably. <laughs> it feels pretty accurate. It feels pretty accurate based on the sample group, not professionally sourced. In your head. Of the vegans that I know. Of <laughs> the vegans. That, okay, at least there are vegans that you know that you're yes, vegan. Yes, yes. I know a few vegans. Uh, you know, a few vegans that definitely want you to know that they're vegans. Yeah. Well, because there's a difference between vegan and vegetarian for, where for sure. the vegetarian, uh, like you, you may just find out because you're eating with them and you offer them some meat and they're like, oh, actually, I don't, I just don't eat meat. Sure. No, I can think of one friend that I have that uh, prefers like tofu and chicken. Yeah. And That's, I love tofu. Sure. Sure. I, but if it's yeah, cooked they'll, right. they'll tell you. Like in, in in the right setting, uh, I just I don't eat meat, you know, and exactly. maybe I have my reasons. Maybe they'll tell you that. They're Vegans, on the other hand, you need to know. They will tell you. As a as the stereotype goes, I'm sure there's some very quiet, respectful vegans out there 
And if and we so, just don't know. We want to hear from you so that yeah. you then fit within the category of the ones who tell everybody. <laughs> the, Got you the militant vegans. <laughs> the militant vegans. Yeah. Another extreme. Um, it's a yes. small population with a very loud voice. <laughs> well said. <laughs> well put. So anyways, I wouldn't put this in the category of like a gentrified type thing maybe, but I think that this could fit into some of those stereotypes that go with a very trendy niche catered experience in some sort of up and coming neighborhood. But I think that this does fit that bill a little bit where it's okay. There's a weird niche that hasn't been explored yet. So, so my thought process on this was, um, you know, you're in the grocery store, you find the vegan section. Yeah. Maybe it's branded so well, you don't quite realize you're looking at vegan food yet. So this is not necessarily specifically and only for vegans. No, I would say it is. Everything they make is vegan. Sure. But this wouldn't just be It's not be vegan an only, though. Like for yeah, it's vegan not like a vegan-exclusive club. No. Because I, I was going to say, like, one of the main reasons that this is a bad idea is because vegans typically have a very moral reason for why they are vegans. And it most often has to do with animal cruelty, which a butcher shop is the epitome of animal cruelty. And so combining those two together, like I feel like if you were marketing to vegans, uh, it would be an automatic turnoff because you're celebrating or, or paying homage to the thing that, cause them to make this life choice anyways. Maybe, maybe. But let's take this back a couple steps. Okay. Why is all vegan meat replicating regular good old meat? Like like let's look at the the cultural institution of barbecue. Okay. Okay. It's solely based around meat. Yeah. Great shared smoked meat. Yep. Like that is that's it. With some Texas toast. Amen. Barbecue sauce. Carbs and meat, my two favorite food groups. Coleslaw. Um, and so it's almost in that, time. why would... <laughs> barbecue? <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> we so, talked ourselves into it. <laughs> well, you don't have to push me. <laughs> so so let's, let's think about that. It's an iconic flavor profile, iconic textures, iconic smells go with that. Yeah. There's a lot of like vegan barbecue-esque sandwiches or things like that that try to replicate some of those the impossible textures. Burger. Yes, yeah. yes. That try to replicate those textures and flavor profiles. So it's like in all of their veganness, they're still trying to pay homage to these like yeah. much beloved dishes. It's true. So is there room for that like expounding on that aesthetic almost? Yeah. And saying like, okay, what if we could offer some of this I don't know. I feel like it's kind of the butcher shop is in that American cultural zeitgeist of yeah. like a, a small neighborhood. And so if we're running with that, yeah. maybe more so than meat just so happened to be there. Right. Yeah. Like, so we're not originally. Doing, we're not actually marketing to those militant vegans. We're creating something based off of the idea that if the Impossible Burger has done so well yes. in, in pop culture, that there is a market for this that supplies yes. that. For whatever reason, somebody isn't going to choose the meat option, but they still want to have a burger. And so sure. we have a local 
bar, uh, um, not barbershop, butcher shop mm-hmm. that has your slabs of tofu meat or your no, chicken leg alternative. To- okay. Uh, some cold cuts, yep. you know, for sandwiches. Maybe you just want to go and get a pound of assorted vegan cold cuts. Yeah. For your sandwiches that you're making for work that week. Well, and I think, okay, as I'm as I'm digesting this and as you're talking about it, I think it has more and more merit the further we go. Because there's actually a place in town. I think it's called Cosettes or something. Oh, or Coquettes. 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 Yeah, yeah. So they do all gluten-free bakery stuff. Yes. Yes. It's all it's, it's just a bakery that does all gluten-free. Delicious. Uh, and it's super, super good. And so maybe that's kind of the and it's it does fit within that hipster culture. It's kind of it's very local, very niche, yep. uh, very but the, but what this idea has is that it's branded and kind of themed in mm. a very forward way. Yes. Yes. So I would say this is modeled after that New York that quintessential New York neighborhood butcher shop, you know, maybe, uh, you walk in and there's a coat rack with all the trench coats and the hats already. Yep. Yep. There's only a couple tables and chairs, but, uh, the dark horse of this vegan butcher shop would be, I would imagine if I were in on this investor meeting and pitching, uh, it would be like a, a vegan quintessential East coast sub. Like that's mm-hmm. with those cold cuts that yep. they sell. So maybe there are some more like one things. side's the kind of the subs, the deli where you can just like totally. have a sandwich made. Totally. The other side is like your big slab of the meat I, alternative. I would say it's it's all in there at the same time, right? There's one big counter. You can order your number one sandwich, you know, with your whatever you're taking home, yep. and the sandwich just comes out. Wrap it up. up in paper. Yep. Yep. And you can sit down and eat it there. You know, potentially if those tables are socially distanced at this time. Um, or you can take it home and eat it on the go, Yeah. but there's a quintessential East coast sub. And then you got your, your meat alternative for the week. So maybe they do offer slabs of vegan ribs. I know that that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe they do offer some sort of, maybe there's a way to smoke tofu or seitan in a oh, new I'm sure way. There is. I'm sure. The but beauty that, of tofu is that it absorbs whatever flavor you give it. Yes. Yes. So we would need an expert at tofu texture and cooking and things like that. But maybe there are, maybe there's some sort of pulled alternative, you know? Um, So maybe you can get like a really good pulled chicken, you know, no C apostrophe in there. Um, Barbecue sandwich or or something like that. Here's a question for you then. So are the things going to be misspelled meat names? So is it going to be misspelled chicken? Or is it going to be its own thing? That's a good question. I think that... Is it a pulled would, pork sandwich? Or is it something else? A pulled whatever. Yeah. You know? Because I, I suppose they could do just pulled tofu sandwich. You know? Like just right off the bat. Because if everyone knows that it's a vegan establishment... Yeah. I don't feel like there's any need for those weird kind of chicken you know, exactly. names or whatever. Because yeah. I think, I mean, maybe the customer would be confused by that of like, I want the pulled pork... But I need it to be vegan. Vegan. Oh, sir, everything's vegan in here. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, okay, so why is it called pork? Or hey, you spelled pork wrong. Sure. It doesn't have an e at the end. <laughs> Porque. Porque. <laughs> does that mean what it in does. Spanish? It does. <laughs> so, so maybe we do stick with the pulled, pulled what pulled porque. <laughs> I kind of love that, honestly. 
<laughs> okay, so they can all be meat misspellings or something like that, but they have to be really witty, uh, like kind of dad humor punny. Like that would be the name of the signature sandwich with that, you know, <laughs> the pulled pork. Maybe there's a surprise in there, like some sort of twist, you know? I mean, uh, I think the twist is that there's no meat. I mean, that's the given twist. <laughs> but what if there's some sort of twist in the flavor profile? You know, what if they're using a like a some sort of mango habanero chutney in there so it's Ooh. spicy and there's like a kind of sweet barbecue spice? I yeah. don't know. I don't know. It could go any number of directions. Um, but yeah, I think you're exactly on the same wavelength. It's a neighborhood installation. You go in, you get like a great sandwich, you get something to take home. Great. You know, bringing yeah. back the kind of neighborhood grocery yep. vibe. Uh, have you been to Santana's here in the Springs? Mm-mm. It's great. It's a drive through. Um, it's off kind of just west of Austin Bluffson Academy as okay. you're heading down there towards Union. And uh, if you're not from the Springs, I'm sorry. It's great. Check it out sometime. Uh, but it's an all vegan hamburger drive through. Oh, interesting. And they have the best fries in the Springs, like bar none. And you get like five pounds of fries. Oh, gosh. It's just like a full to-go box. Yeah. I know you can't see how I'm gesturing, listener. (laughs) It's a big to-go box. Trust me. (laughs) Just pile it. They don't close it. They just pile it all the way with fries. So you can't close it till you eat a couple handfuls. That's wonderful. Um, And their burgers are great. They're super filling. It's all plant-based. Tastes just as good. It's not like the Impossible Brainer Burger. They use like some sort of black bean, something else compound. Grill it to perfection, pile it with like fresh veggies on top, and they're like house sauce. Yeah, and it's like five bucks. Well, okay, so here's here's some more merit for this idea that after some digging, I'm starting to discover. So originally, I thought this was going to be for the militant vegans. Okay, because that's the stereotype of vegan. Sure, it's not. It's for meat alternatives. For uh, mm-hmm. for the vegan alternatives of whatever sure. you're going to eat. Exactly, and, and I think exactly. one of the really cool things about this is that you can kind of take maybe a social justice approach if you wanted to. Sure. Of like by creating this space, we've actually invited meat eaters into another part of the market where we are not having as much demand for Mm. meat Mm. uh, as we did before because now we've suddenly made it really cool and really intriguing and really interesting and inviting to do meat alternatives. Yeah, I think that's part of it too because I'm not vegan. No, and I've never been tempted by an Impossible Burger. But I I certainly get curious and if there is some added health benefit there or something like that, that's an added bonus. But I'm not like m- like mortally opposed to vegan food. I'm no. like, oh, cool. If it it's just good, the fact great. that like McDonald's is not the place where I want an Impossible Burger. Sure. And that's where I see it marketed all the time. And the marketing's not very good. But if you put it in this model, suddenly it's – If you gentrify it. If you gentrify it. <laughs> if you gentrify it so we're, Unibrow Show is definitely pro-gentrification. <laughs> Or at least that's where a lot of our terrible ideas can really <laughs> succeed. Uh, yeah. Like, the, yes, yes. Um, it Like, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd probably go there. And I think this isn't something that, I mean, maybe this is kind of devil's advocate for we're not ultra pro-gentrification with our bad ideas. But rather, a lot of these ideas are so niche that they wouldn't fit within a duplicatable, franchisable 
model necessarily. Here's here's I want I'm going to push back on that just a little bit. And this is maybe a defense of the show as well. I think that the reason you think that is because bad ideas that go through a process of carefully constructing constructing it into something that's good and worthwhile and something that could succeed well don't have the same funding opportunities as what's established. Interesting. And so we are so used to meat as a culture. And so having a vegan butcher shop is automatically not going to have the same amount of financial support that it needs to become franchisable um, as, 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 you know, like a McDonald's or whatever. But, uh, and I think that's, really one of the reasons that I like this show is that there are so many good things that can come out of bad ideas. That's the whole concept of our show. The problem is that it does take a lot of work to polish a turd. Hmm. But at the end of it, you know, you may still have a polished turd, but once you look at it from a different angle, once you think about it differently, once you see its utility, the way that it can operate in whatever system you're putting it in, you start to appreciate it more where we've created something really beautiful out of something that started off really ugly. And not only is the process a a worthwhile endeavor, but we've come out of it with something that is of value. Because I'm sure if you looked up and asked and like searched on Google, how much would it cost for me to buy a polished turd? It would probably be a good amount of money. We're really sticking with that turd analogy. <laughs> We're just... We are there. We are there. Well, because I think it's just exactly right. Well, lead us out with your wisdom, Trevor. I'm going to look up how much (laughs) it is to buy a polished turd for your request. Here's my wisdom. So often we're told not to run with bad ideas. And I think the point of this show is that you should. You should run with it and you should have other people involved in your bad idea. One, because it's more fun. Gabe and I have more fun thinking about ideas together than we do apart. And two, it allows the other person and yourself to be able to build something that is of of value and of worth from that bad idea that you couldn't do on your own. Inviting people into a relationship, either you have a really good time and nothing comes of it, or you have a really good time and you have the idea that was sparked by this process of creativity that becomes the next big thing. Uh, and they're so often in the creative realm, uh, we're told to think of things in a certain way. And I want to offer one more way to think about it, which is come up with the bad ideas, see if you can make them worthwhile. And we would also really appreciate it if you would reach out to us and give us some of your bad ideas so that we can go through, through the process of polishing them and taking a lowbrow idea and giving it some highbrow delivery. And just to circle back on how much that polished turd is, there are no web stores currently with my cursory internet search. Even on Etsy? No, not yet. Interesting. Um, So there's a market, people. There's a market for sure. And also, if you would like to do further research on literal turd polishing in your life, it is a Japanese art form called Doro Dango. I I didn't know it's so fancy. But yes, uh, it's dedicated to shiny, spherical, little dung spheres. So that is your fun fact for the day, guys. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Unibrow Show. Again, I'm Gabe Jacobson here with my co-super host, Trevor Sheeran. Um, And we look forward to hearing your bad ideas. Send them our way. Maybe you'll make it in an episode sometime. Um, Because these bad ideas are 
truly harder to come up with than you think. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of mental brain power, and any alleviation of that brain stress would be a welcome relief to both of us. Mm -hmm.